We're giving you a little taste of Montana barley on this episode of We're No Damn Experts. We're talking with the man behind a distillery in the making, and we get some samples of our own. That's coming up. Best damn podcast, the best damn town. You want to get up, get ready to get down. Welcome to the greatest damn town in Montana, Great Falls. I'm Rebecca Ingham. I'm Shannon Newth. And And we're we're No Damn Damn Experts. Experts. We are recording on a Monday. Mm -hmm. Monday morning. And today has been pretty interesting so far. And I'm looking forward to the rest of today, but mostly because we have in studio with us a farmer, an engineer, (laughs) Mm-hmm. A beer enthusiast, yes. entrepreneur, and soon to be whiskey maker, Ooh-hoo. Ryan Fifley in the studio with us. Yay, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having yeah. me. Yes. Um, so, Shannon, I don't know if I've told you, Ryan and I met years ago at the Mighty Mo Brew Company here in town. Okay. That. Makes sense yep. for the two of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was actually introduced to me by the former uh, Wheaton Barley Committee head, Colin Waters. Mm-hmm. And we were there for some type of an event. And he's like, hey, come meet this guy who makes malt. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we started talking about malt and beer. So Over beers, I'm assuming. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, of course. Of course. I yes. mean, it's the only reason to be at the Mo. Mm-hmm. Well, they have good they have pizza, good pizza too. too. Darn yeah. good pizza. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wings, too. Yeah, all that's good. And uh, Ryan is a farmer from Power, which is mm-hmm. a small community just north of here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would call it a bedroom community to Great Falls. Um, I've never heard that <laughs> phrase before. <laughs> Nor have I, but... <laughs> Well, now, good. now that's what yeah, you can start now. calling it. That's yeah. what it is now. Now so neither of you are like, like no, a, we're not jumping on a board. suburb, with that. if you will, of Great Falls, <laughs> except further away. Yeah. yeah, about 25 miles right up the interstate. So yeah, quick not and bad. easy to get to. Yeah. yeah. And he's come in here today, and we're going to talk about with beer. With props. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to talk about beer and his new effort. So, mm-hmm. Ryan, how'd you get into beer? Ah. <laughs> I mean, that's right, right. How does anyone right. get into yeah. beer? I also, your shirt just says beer on it too Montana that you're wearing beer. today. The, yeah, with the Montana the outline. Montana, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I was a farm kid growing up in power, of course, and went to university and got an engineering degree. Um, <laughs> as a, you do. As, as yeah, I do, I guess. It sounds so simple. Yeah, this is Grandpa did, told yeah. me to get an engineering degree over an ag degree, and he was, oh. a, he was a wise man. So. Okay. Yeah. So you trusted him? I trusted him. So, uh, And then as I don't, engineers tend to get into beer i guess i don't know i know a lot of engineers a, that got into home brewing product of the job okay. so i well part of my engineering job allowed me to travel to europe a lot not and oh. whatnot and, and asia yeah. and parts of parts oh, so unknown you're like a parts unknown. world beer connoisseur well, spent, yeah are these beer spent, trips that you're taking well I, they turned into yeah, yeah so. as they do yeah uh, i just got a interesting taste for different beers from the world and the beer culture yeah beers developed in different regions for specific reasons like their water supplies or the grain mm. supplies so it, it just fascinated me 
Yeah. <laughs> so you have to go on your own so quest. I, I, yes. I got into home brewing. I'm a, I like building things and whatnot. Yeah. So home brewing is a lot of building equipment and okay. bringing everything together. Wait, so you didn't just go to like Shields and get the beer making kit that comes in a box and... Yeah, after no? about five minutes of research, I jumped past that step. And <laughs> just like I'm okay. going to do it myself. Yeah, I just started cutting up yeah. old beer kegs and making pots. And wow. <laughs> well, well, but... What kind of engineer? Did you have a specialty with uh, engineering? I was a mechanical engineer. Okay. And I worked up in the Flathead for a company called Semi-Tool. Okay. I, um, oh, well, yes. It's now called something different, but okay. at, at that time it was Semi-Tool. Uh-huh. So gotcha. uh, cause the company made the machines that made computer chips. So oh, wow. I okay. helped so with that. This makes sense that you can yeah. put together <laughs> a beer keg. Yeah, because yeah. that ain't <laughs> happening at my house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I'm sorry to my brother because he got the mm. kit from Shields. Because okay, oh, you can make great beer with that. Well, I don't yeah. know if the he Mr. Ever beer. Did. This is a different <laughs> level. Yeah, okay, you can make alcohol with that. Yeah, <laughs> you can ferment. You, yeah. Yeah. you can drink something yes, that comes yes. out of it. Yeah. Well, maybe. Um, so you started making your own equipment to brew mm-hmm. your own beer. Yes, and and you took it from like grain to finish. Well, I had, a, I had a problem because you can buy malt <laughs> to homebrew with. Right. Okay. When my family had barley, we grew for cores and bush. Yeah. And But there's a middle step called malting. Mm. And I, so I couldn't use my family's barley to make in my homebrew. Oh. So we had to convert well. it to malt first. So uh-huh. one so thing led to another and I started researching how to make malt. So <laughs> Yeah. Is that, this is probably a really big question. Is that... Uh, involved, pretty involved to go <laughs> to add that step. Like, what does that? Or is take? it like sourdough right. starter, where you just <laughs> see that seems let I've it sit still... on the table for a while. It, it's see? similar to the home brewing. Okay. You can make it as hard as you want, okay, or as yeah. easy oh. as you want. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll tell you what malt yeah, is. Yeah, please do. Please yeah. educate us on all of uh, this. Well, to make any alcohol, you need to get start with sugar, and okay. and to say make wine, it's pretty easy to get sugar. You just squeeze the grape, mm-hmm. you got sugar. Um, I always think of the I Love Lucy. Yeah, yeah, there you so, go. Yeah, right? the stomping. Just stomping of the grapes. Yeah, uh, but to get sugar out of a grain is a little trickier. Okay. So basically, you you wet the grain and let it sprout. It or it is thinking it's growing out of the ground, so it's creating the sugar it needs to fuel itself out of the ground. Oh. Um. Uh, but in the malting world, we stop it short, dry it back down. So now the structural structure inside of the the barley kernel is changed, and now it's uh, more of a sugar. <laughs> and then when you in later processes, when the brewers or Distillers or whiskey makers use that malt, and uh, now the sugar is more readily available. So, malting is just a way to get the sugar out of grain. So, I'm going to ask a real stupid question. You're going to have a lot of these today, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Fair um, so, you said you wet it until it is going to sprout like it would mm. sprout out of the ground. Is there the green? thing you always see like oh yeah, that's, that's what i was scene. picturing yeah so, so i said we stop you it early stop it we short? S- just before that green thing starts popping out of the oh. end of the kernel the okay. acrospire is what they call it the what is it acrospire acrospire okay. of course um, learning new vocab that's kind of a yeah. indicator when to stop the malting process okay. just as that starts popping out of the end of the is kernel. that like a manual like every day you're just like you put on like jeweler's loop and glasses, looking at right acrospires. and like looking is that is that what you do <laughs> oh. or like what is that process once you well, there's other tests, like you rub okay. it in your fingers, and okay. it goes from hard balls to like a smooth... Huh, okay. But this sugar. is real, like you're getting in there, whether it's yeah. with your when <laughs> jeweler's you're glass yes. or you're feeling it. Okay. Now, 
we're not talking about it being in one of them big vats yet because you're not going to be able to see all of that stuff in you like just, a distiller urn. Like you're going to have to lay it flat, right? No, no you oh, just reach in, grab a handful, look at oh. the kernels, rub them in your fingers, okay. and dump okay. it back then in. You, then you know what stage it's at. How often are you checking this? Well, I mean, once you've made. 100 batches of malt it's yeah. kind of, you kind of just go early every couple of hours every couple no, no, of days no. you know like it about with... you know it about day four okay at so many hours it's going to be close okay so you go in there and say yeah maybe i need maybe needs another four hours or oh, 10 hours okay or so it is fairly so precise you just wait to, towards the end of that process so. okay do you but have to set like a 2 a.m. alarm? Like, right. go check well, my... You try to schedule your yeah. batches so, <laughs> so that that doesn't it's, happen. You're not at 2 a.m. getting yeah. up and running the kiln. So you're, f- you're day one making some malt. You have done obviously enough research to know that this is going to be that process, or are you checking it every four well, hours? Well, I going, mean, the huh? first few batches of malt in a plastic tub fail miserably <laughs> <laughs> or can fail. Yeah. It, it's a learning process. Yeah. But okay. yeah, you're in your basement and with a plastic tub and wetting grain and then spreading the grain out. So would you then say drying it in your oven. So Huh. And then you drying it in your oven's annoying, so then you build another <laughs> piece of equipment out of an old uh, vent above your stove and I wish I was this inventive build, and capable. So then you get a heat gun and I'm add just gonna heat say to the winters are <laughs> long. Oh I'm guessing you don't this have is cows. This children No, I do not have cows. Yeah. I absolutely do not have cows. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. I mean, it, it does keep difference. you busy. Like, if you're going to do calving, uh, there's something fun to do during <laughs> between shifts. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you first start out, was it like IPAs that you were making when you were first home brewing? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I've enjoyed what, IPAs, but okay. I've always gravitated to the maltier beers. Yeah, the, the I feel like I had some friends and in porters and stouts. So. College, of course, who did some home brewing, and it was yeah. they were big mm. IPA fans. But then I, I feel like every time I hear somebody talk about doing a home brew, it's some it's a pretty hoppy, yeah, uh, version. So oh, I've made my yeah double triple IPAs, <laughs> hot bombs. I've made those for Ooh. sure, but I kind of like the, the German style or yes. the Belgian style beers that are a little more malty. Mm-hmm. And, as we move through this podcast, I think people are going to see why I'm going to say this, but <laughs> I think I think your passion lies in in the malt area. Am I correct? Yeah, it's fascinating process. Okay. I mean, <laughs> because we're going to talk about whiskey, and that's yeah, that's part of that. That's there's some malt in, in that component as well. Mm-hmm. Does the malting pro? What does it smell like? Ooh. Um. Very rotten grain. Yeah, is it smell? Does it so- does it smell if, sweet? If you leave the or batch it, in too yeah. long, it does get to smell <laughs> okay. like rotten grain. Yeah. Yes, if you don't aerate it enough. But. Uh, is it like a good sweet smell, or is it just I like a musty cucumbers? Oh, fresh cut cucumbers is what it smells like. Yeah, when it's that's malting. kind of the descriptor. In, Interesting. Right before you start kilning, but then when you start kilning, you're adding heat, uh-huh. hot, dry air, and it's then it smells like really baking bread or bready. Oh, so, oh. yeah. So it, every of step of it is good. just like delightful. Kind of yeah. different sense. Yeah. If you walk I, into the malt house and it doesn't smell nice, then you know there's a problem. Okay. So. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So. We've pitched this idea to the Lewis and Clark uh, Interpretive Center Foundation. We'll pitch it to you as well. <laughs> A line of candles would be a great idea. Mm, malt, yes. malt scented candles. Malt scented candles. At every yes. stage. <laughs> like, yeah, throughout the process. Mm-hmm. And I then like you end at beer, which is it, great right. smell mm-hmm. as well. There we as go. As long as it's not old beer. Part of the beer gift stuck shop. to the floor smell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is not a good no, smell. Uh-uh. No, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Everybody knows what that smell <laughs> yeah. is. Um, 
So then you're making malt, you're making mm-hmm. some beer. Are you then selling your malt to other people or gifting them your malt? I don't, is there so, I mean, regulations my, about? The, the equipment I built was just 15 pounds of malt. That's enough for like one homebrew batch. Okay. Uh, but I don't know. I just like the process. And at the same time, there was these small malt houses popping up around the yeah. country. So craft malting is a big thing. The term. Yeah. yeah. It's getting to be a bigger and bigger thing. So like everything. You have the big malt houses and then you have small malt houses or like breweries, of course, you have the big breweries. Small yeah. breweries. So, and craft malt houses can do a lot more interesting things, you know, different grains, different processes. So it's mm. kind of fun to play. So I just got into the industry or kind of researched craft malt and I just decided to go a little do. bigger. So I built a, a bigger piece of equipment where I can do 3,000 pounds. So 3,000, what'd you say? 3,000 pounds. pounds of malt makes how yeah. many barrels of beer i figured this out like 20 <laughs> times and now I'm, I'm drawing a blank <laughs> yes <laughs> come on to, engineer yeah. brain <laughs> 10 pounds of malt makes uh, roughly 50 beers so okay oh like 50 bottles of beer Correct. oh hmm. we're talking i was thinking like well not high alcohol right <laughs> you need more malt if you're going to make more higher alcohol but what just kind a standard percentage? Like, like a standard four kind of? or five percent okay. beer, you can yep. get from about ten to twelve pounds of malt. Okay, malt is what makes our alcohol. Correct. Ah, oh. can you walk? Yeah, can you walk us through the beer making process? Sure, and it's yeah. the first half is like how same do we for get the beer? <laughs> so then the brewery will take in the malt. Okay, um, and so you can take the same barley and make. 20 different types of malt depending on how you run it through the malt house and process it so that's where you'll get a lot of your beer flavors the brewer will say i'll take some of this malt i'll take some of that malt i'll take some of this roasted malt and they build their recipe that way and of course hops too Mm -hmm. and so they'll take their malt recipe whatever they the five different malts they pick they'll grind them up into a really coarse like flour and then they'll put it in what they call their mash tun in their mash tun they add water at a specific temperature, around 150 mm. degrees Fahrenheit. At that temperature, enzymes that, that were created in the malting process get activated. Okay. Those enzymes finish. From the hot water? Yes. The okay. hot water activates enzymes. Okay. And the enzymes finish chomping up all the starches into sugar. So you'll uh-huh. put, when you put it in there, it doesn't taste that sweet. The ground up malt and the water mix it up thoroughly after 15 20 minutes it tastes super sweet it's, it's you, fascinating. So you've, you've taste tested oh, at every yeah, step yeah. of this process yeah, <laughs> yeah well yeah. you gotta make yeah. sure yeah, right yeah, a, yeah. so you take that malt come out like a, a loaf of bread <laughs> take that sweet malt put a little bourbon uh-huh. in it. Mm, oh yeah. <laughs> there you go you have your own this is another product for you down the road yeah. um, so then that you drain off that liquid from the mash then and then you have a sweet liquid okay and uh in a brewing world, then you take that sweet liquid, add hops, and boil it. Mm-hmm. And and then after it's done boiling, you cool it down and add yeast. So then the yeast eat the eat the sugars that you created. They make ethanol, alcohol, and carbon dioxide. So that's why the carbon dioxide in a beer, the fizzy beer. Yeah. Um, and then of course in the brewing world, you gotta package it and keg it and all that one. It's a whole science experiment. <clears throat> we create sugars and mm-hmm. then we add yeast to eliminate sugars. Well, the, the beauty of yeast is this little microorganism that will take those sugars and make what we all want, I guess. It's the okay. ethanol. Mm. And they make a lot of flavors, too. So there's the brewers have such a palette of things. They can use different malts, mm. different water, different hops, different mm-hmm. yeast. I mean, there's yeast from all over the world that will create different flavors in your beer. So mm. it's it's 
it's so artful because you can yeah. take so many things and make your own spin on it. When do you put the orange peels in? Because, <laughs> I mean, there is this so the weird yeah, the white process of where uh-huh. they start putting in fruits and all this other stuff. Flavors. Yeah, that's yeah. The, uh, like a Belgian white, like mm-hmm. we yeah. all know from Belt and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, that's a traditional Belgian white beer, so Belgian wheat beer. Yeah. Um, I guess I haven't made it. I presume they put it in the boil. Okay. But I, it could be in the ferment. I mm. can't say I've researched that particular beer much. Or just in the but it's vat orange peel. or whatever. They just throw in oranges. It's orange peel yeah. and coriander is the okay. traditional seasoning yeah. for I mean, Belgian they're adding beer. random stuff in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the art, man. Fine. You can, you can you do can, whatever you want. You can make all mm. kinds of interesting things. Yeah. So you said you've you've traveled the world in various spots. I want to talk about Germany specifically. Mm-hmm. What did you learn from your Germany experience in terms of like the beer brewing process? Because there's a long-standing history. Like Germans are real good at their beer. Uh, there's a long-standing history of brewing beer in the Germany. German style. Yeah, tell me about <laughs> tell me about your Germany excursions and kind of what you learned from that. Uh, Germans make. Perfect beer. Yes. They've had so many years. It's so clean, <laughs> yes. so crisp. Um, German. Most German breweries follow what they called the Reinholzgebot. <laughs> it's a German of purity course. law from 1516 or something. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> so the, that law says they can only use barley. Sorry, yeah. Malt, hops, yeast, and water. That's okay. No other ingredients. No barley. They have to be pure German. Uh-huh. And, I, and I'm German heritage. Yeah, right. <laughs> my, my family. I have that in me too. Um, so, and they, they just make it perfect. They just, every time, consistent perfection. And, yeah. And the best possible beer you can make from this set of ingredients, they find a way to suss that out. Yeah. So. Did you have a favorite uh, from your, uh, is it hard, hard to say. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Whatever from one is in my hand yeah, right? is my favorite. So. <laughs> uh, are, I mean, every German, they tend to do lagers more than ales yeah. in Germany, but there are ales, of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I can't even answer yeah. that, which is my favorite. I had one from, so I got to go to Germany uh, eight years ago or so. And my very favorite one, and I still say it's my favorite. I don't know if it's just the experience being there added to it, but it was in a little town called Wittenberg. And it was um, it, it was a Hefeweizen, but it was done in honor of Catherine von Bora, who was Martin Luther's wife okay. martin luther like oh, yeah, yeah. of the reformation martin luther, I'm a luther. so from yeah from the, <laughs> the so church from, guy yeah so from that time frame but i thought it was so fascinating catherine von Bora, his wife was like this master brewer like oh, they drank so much beer and catherine von Bora was this master brewer and so the whole history in this little town where martin luther there was a like he nailed the 95 theses like yeah. all of that from uh for Lutherans out there, church history, but it was just so interesting because that the beer brewing process was such a part of that time frame because it the water wasn't necessarily great, so they yeah. did yeah, that process. They, they drank beer for a different reason. Yes, than we, drank yeah. beer. we drank beer. I mean, they still enjoyed it, I'm sure, but it was more there were more uh, health reasons <laughs> at the time. But anyway, so it was this little brewery. We need to go back to that lifestyle. Of, yeah, right. Water be not very safe. dehydrated, but beer. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, but I just, that was has been my favorite beer ever was this little town of Wittenberg in Germany named for Catherine von Bora, Martin Luther's wife. Like it, that was, that one was my favorite, but well, I love the Hefeweizens there. It, and I, I have no doubt the beer is amazing. Yeah. 
But the experience, that's what I oh, love yeah. about traveling mm-hmm. for beer. You the story, totally. the experience, the scenery, it yeah. just all adds to it. And that's that's the beauty of, mm-hmm. of beer and whiskey. And it my is. favorite ones I was told was it was basically like drinking a loaf of bread every oh, glass. Yes, and yes. I was like, Well, <laughs> we're just gonna <laughs> <laughs> throw that good. out the window. Well <laughs> when in Germany, we'll just drink multiple loaves of bread every day. So in this beer journey mm-hmm. you've had, you've also done some really unique partnerships with various breweries here yes mighty yeah. mo's use my malt and black eagles use my malt mm-hmm. um but you did like special micro stuff with golden triangle brewery yes. which is no longer in our area but is brewing mm-hmm. yeah brandon and stacia became very good friends and like i mentioned earlier the small malt houses can do interesting things like yeah. big ones can't so Brandon brought me some wheat and some barley from Fort Benton, from farmers in Fort Benton. Mm. And on my scale, I was able to malt that and then mm. return it back to him. So then on his beer menu, he actually listed the farmer's name. So yeah. Oh, cool. Created that hyper connection to yeah. their community. So I, yeah. even I, I just love doing that stuff. Yeah. So. It would even say malt by farm power. Oh, malt yeah. And, and raised yeah, by... Sorry for yeah, people. Whoever. I forgot the names at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> but it was personalized. But yeah, yes. it, it yeah. the farmer's name right on the menu. And then yeah. I went to one of the releases and they had the farmer there. So yeah. that's a that's really, really cool neat. way to connect to your com- local community. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people might not realize, too, the connection that, I mean, we really are the hub for brewing for beers. I mean, there's so many that go out to, like, Molson Coors. You mentioned yep, that. Yep. Yeah. We, we still yeah. grow for Coors. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I can't malt at all. Right. <laughs> Dang it. One day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You'll Switch be your own provider. Malting. Yeah. Um, but the true story, we've got small maltsters like Ryan, um, and then we've got the big one, Malt Europe, yep. that mm-hmm. makes a lot of malt at one time. <laughs> um, but they also supply the malt for our brewers locally yep, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they make a great... Great product, great malt. Mm-hmm. So. I was so happy this weekend. I took a trip to visit my family, and we stopped in Haver at my favorite place to mm. grab some quick food, uh, Parker's Barbecue Pit. Okay. And on tap, Golden Triangle Brewing. Oh. Really? Okay. With their new, uh, well, I shouldn't say new, their Honey Kolsch was on tap there. Ooh. So let me tell you folks, <laughs> that Golden Triangle beer, which has got its roots here, uh, it's a great thing to drink. And mm. now this is a unique situation just because the owners of both the brewery and this barbecue place are friends. And so you're getting that insider trading situation <laughs> happening Brandon there. Makes so a that great works. Beer. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that is, that is some good beer just mm. to be able to have Golden Triangle again in the golden triangle yeah. was pretty awesome yeah that's, that's just that just sounds say. good right now yeah mm-hmm. all we, of it yeah but let's stop talking about, about food and beer right now yeah <laughs> so then your obsession with malt has now led you to another new endeavor so mm-hmm. what what's what you got up your sleeve <laughs> yeah well let me start with a step back a little bit i've i've, I've long thought you know, I'm a farmer, and I'm um, very privileged to farm some land around power. Yeah. But our small communities keep getting smaller and smaller. Mm. And let, let me read a list here. I'm, I'm yeah. Paul, Beck, Brumwell, Clark, Dahlman, Fitzgerald, Helcrow, Keel, Prater, Timmerman, Tenius. Now, that doesn't mean anything to you guys. 
they sounded like some last names to me. Yeah. Those are all farms I farm now. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. I'm very incredibly privileged to be the caretaker of yeah. that land right now. Some of it we That's own, some of we rent. That's a lot of places. That's a lot of land. But yeah. you know what I'd rather have? All, all those, those families, families yeah. back yeah. in our small yeah. communities. So. And what's I uh, just kind of have a feeling we could both get on the soapbox of the slow <laughs> death of <laughs> the small town. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a huge issue and uh, it's far reaching. Yeah. We should probably do an entire <laughs> whole other thing. Yeah. Oh, but it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And and the I mean, reversing that completely is going to be impossible, but if we can find a way to for a family to survive on 300 acres instead mm-hmm. of 30,000 acres or yeah. 10,000 acres. Right. That's how we reverse that trend. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's been in the back of my mind since the day I come back. And the way a value-added egg is the way you do that. Okay. Um, so you could easily live on 300 acres again if you're not selling that wheat or that barley to the bigger commodities. Mm-hmm. If you take that wheat and barley and make a very high-quality product, um, you can easily live on 300 acres again. So Like, like a loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. Bread. Pasta. Pasta, beer. Um mm-hmm. Hummus. I'm I'm waiting Uh for someone in this area. I I think my bandwidth's a little short right now, but I would love (laughs) someone to do hummus. You can grow chickpeas and sesame there. Celtic Cowboy used to have um, chickpeas delivered from Mm -hmm. Roar Farms, and then they used to make hummus right there at Celtic Cowboy. The mm. fresh, it was Mm. so good. So, so, I mean, start with what we grow here lentils, chickpeas, Mm -hmm. wheat, Mm -hmm. barley, durum, and figure out. A wonderful product and yeah. there's endless possibilities so. yeah and there's a lot of folks that have that kind of thought process we've got courtney and jacob cowgill yep, yep they're friends they're doing they're um blue truck bread it's yep. just mm, it's yeah. in my kitchen every All the morning time. i yes, love that bread that is yeah. good stuff and so you know you're finding more and more trying to figure out how to add more value mm-hmm. to their land to um get people more connected with their food with their products understand more of that process but then also a little bit more sustainable and survivable mm-hmm. long Absolutely. term yeah so and is that because you use that that the phrase that's becoming more and more common that value added yes. ag and that's kind of what we're talking about but can you ex- explain a little bit more for people what kind of that term what that means yeah i, I guess you just take the commodities that we produce mm-hmm. here and and decommoditize them okay <laughs> so instead of <laughs> selling wheat you're right. gonna sell yeah I mean, right most of our wheat ends up on a train mm-hmm. goes yeah. to portland ends up yeah. on a boat and it's all sold bulk on the commodities markets mm-hmm. and whatnot um but we could turn that wheat into bread or pasta mm-hmm. here and mm-hmm. instead of shipping wheat we could ship bread or pasta mm-hmm. yeah and and we do some of that you know pasta right. montana here in great falls makes a great product too mm-hmm. but i like i like to see it on the smaller smaller let's have families building this yeah. stuff and, mm-hmm. yeah. and selling this stuff so. Bartering for what the other family has. <laughs> I will barter. trade you bread for yeah. mm-hmm. bread yeah. for whiskey. We can do that. Yeah. I, I love that life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, bread and whiskey, and then a beer. Yeah. What else You're do you set. need? Got Absolutely. all the carbs you could ever Gotta want. Gotta find someone <laughs> with a milk cow. Make me some there butter. You go. <laughs> <laughs> then you're set. It's all but, you need. Yeah. But yeah, through me thinking about value added and what fits our area. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I lived in Scotland for a year or two through my engineering journey. So Where in w- Scotland? Heart of Edinburgh, right on the nice. Royal Mile. Oh, so. Very cool. Like in an apartment there? <laughs> yeah, a, a flat. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. A flat. Use yes. the right word. Yes, I'm sorry. 18 we, Robertson's Close, if okay. anyone wants to look it up. So. My, uh, Jason, you know my husband yes, from yes. Wheat Bar. We went, he's 
Scottish Scotsman. Uh-huh. And, um, we went on this journey through Scotland when we were dating, which that was a whole other journey, but whole, <laughs> story, whole other story to that. But we did, you know, went all around, but, and we went to the Glen Goen okay. uh, distillery there in Scotland, but also walked up and down the Royal Mile. This was yeah. before we knew you though, so I can't, <laughs> but I'm sure we passed by it at some point. Wait, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. you spent a year in Scotland. Yes. My wife got her master's degree from the University of Edinburgh so, oh. and I continued to How engineer cool. remotely and work for my company through Europe. That's huh. neat. Wow. So, okay. So, so I got a, the Scots like their alcohol. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're and single malt. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> single malt's right up my alley. There so. you go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I mean, I was the ignorant American, I must admit, sure. when I was there and yeah. b- bellied up to the bar and said, give me a scotch. <laughs> <laughs> And they're I was like, like mm. young man, we don't call it scotch here. It's just whiskey. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> we invented it. Yeah, so we so just, we just say call it, it yeah. whiskey. It's only you Americans that call it scotch. But, but nonetheless, I, I mean, that percolated in the back of my brain, mm-hmm. value added percolated in the back of my brain. And then I wish I remembered the year 2014, 2015, when I was trying to make more malt and wanted to make sure I made high quality malt. I mm-hmm. took a malting class in Winnipeg, Canada. Oh. And uh, met a nice lady from uh, Patagonia, Argentina. Oh, and cool. Okay. Her and her husband made had been making single malt whiskey for many years, and they were trying to go the other way and wanted to bring it closer to them. And so they were starting to farm and starting to learn how to make malt. Oh. So they were already making the whiskey. Okay. And wanted to go backwards and make the malt. I was already making the malt and wanted something to go the other way. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> Sounds like a good And so we kind of met in know. the middle. Yeah. And we became friends. They visited my facility, I visited them, and uh, through that friendship, we're, uh, I'm opening a whiskey distillery, a single malt whiskey distillery in power. Wow. Which is so exciting. So. This is so cool. <laughs> um, uh, with your grain. Correct. And their expertise on how to make yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, they, they own their distillery, I own my fart. distillery, but we're doing mm-hmm. kind of a marketing partnership. We're going to okay. bring the marketing together, the branding together. Um, cool. Cool. We'll, we'll be able to do cool things, maybe ship malt down there mm-hmm. and they'll make it. So we'll use, start with the same malt, but we'll see how the different climates make a different whiskey. Uh-huh. And then you can yeah. bring the whiskey back together. Yeah. There's infinite Taste possibilities them. to. Yeah. Well, and you're really comparing notes and learning from yeah, the different yeah. processes. So, and Yeah. So it'll, it, I don't know if anyone's done that kind of a Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere yeah. partnership. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited to see what. You know what? On that. this podcast, you can just claim you're the first one to do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, but, I'm mm-hmm. the first. But, and, and single malt in the whiskey world is kind of a unique so whiskey. So explain yeah. that then. Mm-hmm. What you know? Because d- discerning palates probably have a better idea, but <laughs> I'm not really a yeah. discerning palate. So what is a single mm-hmm. malt, and what uh, what's the process there? Well, wh- whiskey is a general term for a spirit made from grain. Okay. Um, you know, tequila is made from agave, mm-hmm. rum is made from molasses, so spirit made from grain. But within that, there's lots of ways to make a spirit from grain. And we all know bourbon, of course. Mm-hmm. Bourbon has to be mostly corn and aged in a new oak barrel, typically. So there's kind of rules and categories. In the okay. single malt world, it's 100% malted barley. Okay. And that's the Scots, for the most part, do that model. So okay. um, they're, of course, the most well-known single malt producers in the world but doesn't mean you have to make it in scotland it only Mm -hmm. you can make it in montana you you just can't call it scotch (laughs) and there is a new category coming from the feds in the united states called american single malt so it has some rules kind of similar to scotch rules in scotland has to be 
made within the borders of America, has mm-hmm. to be hundred percent malted barley, has to be aged for minimum of three years in oak barrels. And mm-hmm. There's some other rules, but <gasps> so this is going to be a long-term process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going <laughs> to ask the aging process because I mean, it's minimum of multiple, three years. Yeah. If not, I mean, you know, the, a lot of the bottles on the shelves are 10, 12, 15 years. Yeah. So yeah, yeah my, my kids will make a great this product. Like, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> this is really playing the long yeah. game. No, yeah. they re- they got to be interested, right? Or yeah. are they going to go? And yeah, they're, they're, they're 10 and 13. So. Yeah. <laughs> we need to determine now, though. <laughs> We've got some education components yeah. and yeah. tracks that we're looking at, some yeah. tours they're going to have to do yeah. so that they're a little more aware when they show back up. Uh, With the five years later, mm-hmm. we finally have a product to sell. Yeah. So, so Scotland is perfect for aging things for a long time. Mm-hmm. They're humid, and they have a fairly moderate temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, us not so much. Yeah, <laughs> we have a little more variety in that. Yeah. Uh, so the aging, the time, and the years—it's just going to be experimentation mm-hmm. to see what, how you can make the best single malt product in Central Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan, though, you're aging this for so long, you screw something up. You're, you're, <laughs> you're like three years behind. behind. Like, yeah. oh, I guess I, another I like three years later. Every single batch. Right. Well, good lord. <laughs> if one barrel multiple, goes bad, yeah. I mean that's okay. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big process. Well, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of time. Yeah. Imagine if you're to make a widget and it takes you three years (laughs) to make a widget to sell. Yeah. It's an investment. Well, hopefully you would not just like make one and be done for three. You're like making. Making it You're continually making batches. So... I mean, it I hope we be can do a, three years. I hope we can do a ten year and a fifteen year, yeah. a twenty year. But mm-hmm. we'll we'll see what the, our climate uh, allows. Allows, yeah. yeah. And you can do different things by transferring barrels and whatnot. Can you but. imagine twenty years? You're 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 <laughs> aging something for twenty years, then you uncork it, and you're like, oh, that's not edible yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, boy, that's son of go a gun. Yeah. <laughs> it goes the last really two for decades. This. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you yeah. do you get an opportunity to check and go? Uh, think like year ten, things started to go badly, and you still <laughs> yeah. let it go till year twenty. Like yeah, you'll taste along the okay. way. Yeah. Okay, I'll okay. Keep track of things a little yeah. bit. So. <laughs> so maybe corked it and shoved right, it in the back of a room and forget about best it. Best of luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you make your own casts then, or where do you get your uh, wooden we're, materials? We're in the process of researching okay. that right now. Um, so interesting fact that most people don't know: almost all scotch is put in bourbon barrels mm, like i mm-hmm. said earlier bourbon can, barrels can only be used one time mm-hmm. to be called bourbon so what do the bourbon makers do with those barrels they S- ship them all to scotland <laughs> <laughs> so that's an interesting fact yeah. that partnership is just fascinating yeah, to me how is. bourbon and the the bourbon flavor a lot of the flavors have been extracted out of that barrel the charred oak mm-hmm. and that goes into the bourbon so now it's uh perfect for scotch makers to use so because they don't the scotch is certainly a different flavor a little more mild flavor and so we'll continue that trend or relationship, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, and, and mostly ex-bourbon casks. Okay. But you can do interesting things, too. You can get wine casks, sherry casks. Yeah. Um, there's even people taking a bourbon cask, and then a guy, a brewer will put a beer in it. And then yeah. once the beer's out of that, now huh. you bring it over and put single malt in it. Ooh, so interesting. And then when you make your different editions of single malt, you'll say, I want some of this cask, some of this yeah. cask, some of this cask. And you'll do your, your blends to... Huh. To, to make your your additions jason's really into caribbean rum cast okay. like he loves that yeah, you can do rum cast yeah tequila it's the cast. whiskey from so, there's a cast. scotch yeah. i can't remember the name of it but it was tequila cast finished oh so, which oh. Is, so sounds the, spicy yeah the scots are branching <laughs> out too so. they're getting crazy uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> no more purity standards right? over there um 
So will you then also create bourbon since you can control that entire process or just well, focus part, on? Part of my goal is back to that value added. Yeah. What can we make with what we grow here? The best mm -hmm. possible product. And well, frankly, we don't grow corn here. Yeah. So single well, malt. We great. We make <laughs> top-notch barley in yeah. central Montana. And that is our better product. So, yeah. Um, no, our plan is to make 100% single malt, okay. be a single malt distillery, mm -hmm. only single malt. So then let me call back to the way malting works. You said only single malt. So it's just going to be single malt and water? Yeah, just mal our malted bar. We'll grow the grain. We'll malt it. And we'll then? use that malt in the, the whiskey making process. Okay. And uh, distill it, of course. So <laughs> this is all going to be done in power. Correct. Um. Do you have a date in mind? Of when, <laughs> Two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> of when the reality might be that the casks are done and everyone's ready to drink single malt. Well, we're going to start distilling this fall. Our building and our stills mm, are in place. Yay. Um, okay. So we're gonna, we got gears in motion. Yeah. yeah we're going to follow the, the rule, th minimum of three years. So okay. a minimum okay. of three years. Yeah. Uh, of course, at three years, we'll we'll taste it. <laughs> Feel if See we if have a, a quality enough product to warrant mm. or if it needs a little more age. Okay. So Do three you... to five years from now. Oh. Makes sense. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. Do you Are you going to do tours in the meantime? Yeah, like you should. Or at least for us. <laughs> I I mean, well, we've been giving quite a few tours already, to be yeah. honest. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, um, there will be a tasting room, but that won't get built out for a few years. Right now, right. we're focusing on getting... The stills up and mm -hmm. operational. So okay. we probably won't open a pure tour thing until we actually have a product to provide oh. to customers. It's a little weird saying, Fair. hey, we're making this great yeah. product. You want them to you, taste you it while they're walking it. around. <laughs> yeah. They can always come back That's next true. year, check the progress. They can back. be part of that. So, and then when there's finally ooh. a product, they'll be like, I've been here for the I whole was, thing. I've, I've been it. a part of this. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I don't think we'll do like an official tour schedule <laughs> until the tasting room's open. Yeah. But that said, if anyone wants to come see what we're doing, yeah, look me there's up. an option. Send me an yeah. email. They um, can help you harvest. We, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> hands on deck. Yeah. We, we love to show up what we're yeah. doing. So. Do you have a name for yes. your distillery? Okay. Mm. In spirit of kind of linking with our friends down in Argentina, mm -hmm. uh, their distillery is La Alazana. Um, there were some trademark issues using okay. that name up here. Um, so Farm Alazana okay. is the name. Oh, wow. Alazana. Okay. And, um, what does Alazana mean? Uh, chestnut colored horse. Ah, <laughs> okay. It's a color, I guess. Yeah. In okay. Spanish, okay. So yeah. Bear, I German heritage. Bear right. with me. <laughs> My Spanish isn't the I was best. Like, I know a little Spanish. That wasn't one of them. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't one of the words. But farm Alizana. Is it like A L I Z N A? A L A Z. Great. Now you're Good putting Lord. Me on the spot. <laughs> this is now turned into the script spelling bee. A N A. What? What was it? A L A. Uh huh. Z A N A. Okay. Nice. <laughs> if I had a bell, I'd ring it. So my, my malting company is Farm Power Malt. So mm -hmm. we kind of took the farm from Farm Power Malt and took the yeah. Elizana. Yeah. I think it'll help. Yeah. We, we wanted to connect. Not many distilleries start from the ground and grow their own grains, mm -hmm. make their own malt. So yeah. no. we really wanted to bring that farm connection into the name. So. Mm. Do you have a name for the, the, the first drink, the whiskey that you're working on? We're no damn experts. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yes, we need we'll to have custom. See, we can partner with that. Yeah, I love uh, it. Yeah, uh, I, honestly, 
It's probably yeah. the best thing you could do for your first bottle. It's like, best of luck. We're yeah. no damn experts. Yeah, that's true. You're really opening the door for a lot of wiggle room on that. Yeah. It's very common just to kind of call your first one like your classic. Sick, oh, okay. This, this yeah. is your classic. Mm-hmm. This is your staple product. Mm-hmm. You know, and then as age comes on, you'll do your five-year edition, your 10-year edition, and then you'll do some yeah. special editions. Say we do mix some tequila barrels in the mix yeah. or something. We'll do special editions. Oh. That will have different names. We could have we'll we could have a word no so. damn expert special edition. Yeah, there How about you go. that? So. Well, yeah. yeah, like our thousandth episode would mm-hmm. probably line up with. Yeah, the, that's true. Uh, the release. No. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like our five hundredth episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm making <clears throat> thousand was too much. Time. I forgot. We just feels like However we've been doing this <laughs> for a while. <laughs> yeah, hundred forty some odd episodes in now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you? Okay, you talked about how much you like beer do you like whiskey yeah oh okay. absolutely i mean do you I've like to drink been, whiskey okay <laughs> well living in scotland yeah I had that first little inkling yep. that experience in the pub where i was the ignorant american <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you grew um, mm-hmm. and whenever i get called ignorant i'm don't I, like that I, well not i mean yeah. i was ignorant i'm <laughs> quick uh, to the learn tr- mm-hmm. the truth is the truth i kind of yeah. started researching it more mm-hmm. and more and digging into it and the culture there in scotland and how they make it so yep. yeah no i i try all tried more scotches than I can think of, to be honest, mm-hmm. and, and enjoy them very much, yes. Um, we've got interesting uh, distilleries around Montana. We don't have our own yet in Great Falls. No. We're waiting on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would yell, but I'm not going to because it's not going to do anybody any good. If you're good. going to, can you tell me so I can turn no, your mic down? That's fine. <laughs> I'll keep my composure, but I look forward to the day. We've got tons of distilleries within our area Mm -hmm. that are making great craft spirits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why, um, you know, we, we say, and this is a true claim that, that we have some of the best, you know, wheat, barley, beer, water in the world, but what is it that makes ours, your, the stuff that comes up from your land, like some of the best in the world? Oh, While it's a curse, it's also a blessing. Mm. It's how dry we are. Okay. Oh. In areas where it's a lot wetter and mm-hmm. more humid, you have more disease pressure, more oh. yeah. bug oh. pressure, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and you'll, the barley will be moldy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it can have mold on the surface. It's still yeah. usable, but it looks browner and stuff. Our, okay. Our barley is known in the brewing world uh, for its bright, crisp color, and it makes mm. a nice, crisp Coors Light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that's, a, like I said, it's a it's a curse because it is a little difficult to graze, mm-hmm. gr- grow barley with so uh, little water. Mm-hmm. But the, the flip side is, yeah, how bright, clean, crisp our barley is. So, And you've just finished harvest. Correct. Uh, so what are you going to do with your time now? Plant? <laughs> Plum. Wire. <laughs> wire outlets. Do, do engineering things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been, we've been, well, we have to put in our winter wheat crop here in a couple yeah. of weeks. So um, I've been working at the distillery. Yeah. There we go. At a farm of, Alizana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exciting. I'm, mm. I'm just really looking forward to becoming a, a single malt girl. Yeah. yeah. I, Learning some stuff. Yeah. Me too. Well, drinking a, some stuff. Single malt is such the perfect fit for rural Montana. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, as much as I love beer, beer needs to be drank fresh and kept cold yeah and we just don't have that many people in <laughs> <Yeah>. central montana <laughs> to, True. to keep it fresh and cold yeah. um so i i really f- 
and it kind of falls scotland has all the small communities out mm-hmm. in the, the rural areas and a lot of them have a distillery that the community is based around and i just love mm. that model mm-hmm. and i i hope there's a dozen single malt distilleries around the golden triangle someday and yeah you're not trying to be in this alone no no know? i mm-hmm. i want i want our small communities to thrive and prosper mm-hmm. and i think beer of course too can work mm-hmm. and bread and hummus and everything else we've talked about but single malt is a very very good fit for this area so mm-hmm. Can you, um, kind of stepping back, like broader picture to help people who are visiting here who maybe don't know anything about farming and things like that, can you just kind of talk about what the life of a farmer and then what it means to have the fact that you're, you, you just said, you just finished harvest, talk about what that means and then that you're going to do winter wheat. Like what, what does that mean? What are people looking at? What do those terms mean? Just help us understand Montana yeah. farming. <laughs> we live in a unique area <laughs> here, um, being so dry and hot in say July and August. Mm-hmm. Um, so winter wheat's a very good fit for this area because we plant it in the fall. Okay. So I'll be planting it here in a couple weeks or so. Um, it starts to grow a little bit in the fall and then goes dormant and comes up very early in the spring. Okay. And being it comes up very early, it's nearly finished by the time our hot season rolls in mm. in, oh. in July and August. So winter wheat's a very big crop in this area, but barley also is a quick growing crop. Mm-hmm. So even though we... Sometimes the fields are a little muddy. We have to wait a little longer to get the barley in. You know, the winter wheat's already growing and happy. Um, the barley grows quite quickly. Um, so, and then of course, the July, hot, dry July, August is, as long as we have enough water stored in that ground, which is an if, yeah. if in this area, mm-hmm. um, the barley finishes out in that hot, dry weather, and that keeps our disease away mm. and whatnot. Um, and the like late August. For you, at least, is kind of your typical harvesting yeah, time? Yeah, more early okay. August and early even August, late July, yeah. depending on the okay. season. So this mm-hmm. year we were harvesting, I think, July 22nd or something is when okay. we started. So. And how big of a undertaking is harvest? <laughs> <laughs> it's a logistical nightmare. Uh-huh. <laughs> the right piece of equipment in the right place at mm-hmm. the right time with the right people and yeah. where to put it and send this truck to this bin or send that mm-hmm. truck to that elevator. So, yeah, it's just a big logistical challenge yeah if people are driving along the highway you know coming in down from the north they pass the power area see you out there what what will what will they see when you're harvesting well <laughs> you were sitting out there on me, a me huge personally? piece of machinery cussing I, and hitting and <laughs> well i would love to be sitting in the nice yeah. air-conditioned yeah. combine uh-huh. i'm kind of the the director okay so i do you have the things like the airport yeah, yeah, people yeah. have yeah yep, i have the flags and <laughs> the light now so no i just kind of keep everything moving yeah um send this here send that there set up mm-hmm. this grain bin so if there's a truck that needs moving i move the truck we're always thinking about the next field finish mm-hmm. this one so moving equipment to the next field to be ready yeah. big so combines mm-hmm. yeah so down we always trucks. fire of course is a huge concern yes, so yeah. we're always bringing our water truck and our we want our plow or a disc yeah. nearby if there's a fire to help knock the fire mm-hmm. down. So. Yeah. And that's also the time of year when we really want and need rain, but yeah. the harvest, <laughs> you it's, guys would it's like hold 22. off on it right there because that makes it challenging. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it is, um, do you have other questions about farming? Because this isn't a life you grew up on. Well, no, and I mean, I know some about it, but I'm also thinking yeah. about like these are things that, when you're driving down the road, if you're not used to seeing them, right. you know, you want to understand what's going on. And even for those of us who do live here, maybe didn't grow up and it, you like become accustomed to seeing it. But then when you stop or somebody asks you a question about it, you're like, oh, actually, I don't know what's happening. I'm just used <laughs> to seeing it happening over there. So, well, we were talking about too, we get this question a lot, like 
the yellow, people see yellow in fields. Yep. That's canola, correct? Typically, yeah. Okay. There's another crop called camelina mm-hmm. that flowers yellow, but they're a little mm-hmm. bit smaller. But yeah, the bright, vibrant yellow field is typically a canola yep. field. Do you rotate? Could lent- be a mustard field too, but mostly. Oh, well. Yeah. Do you rotate lentils at all on your? We've coffee? done lentils okay. before. Yeah. Um, it's not in our current rotation because mm-hmm. they can be a challenge to harvest and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm trying to simplify my. One year I had like seven crops. Okay. <laughs> That's a lot happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a lot of Getting variety. That's a lot to Yeah, it yeah. was just a challenge. So mm-hmm. I've kind of simplified the farming life to help with this whiskey project. Yeah. So oh. We're just doing wheat and barley mm-hmm. and uh, just, just winter wheat, barley, and camelina right now. Okay. The, um, there's a organic lentil farmer, Timeless Seeds, um, also from the Conrad area north of here mm-hmm. um jeremiah johnson brewing company made a lentil beer with uh some of those hmm. lentils yep years Did ago you try it if it's the one i think about yeah 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 and they use uh, it was a quick little project yeah and they yeah. use some of Just my small small yeah. what did it taste like <laughs> lentils besides clearly <laughs> not either one of your favorites <laughs> it was a unique experiment and yeah. i think it was it was something fun to mm-hmm. do. It was super earthy, if I remember. Yeah, right. I'm uh, not. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna go mainstream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and they just yeah. they just kind of ground up some lentils and uh, so yeah. It was more of a flavoring addition than say actually getting sugars out of the lentils. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if you could could you could you even get sugars out of it? I, if you, I, I haven't tried, tried it, but you can malt lentils. You can malt anything. So. Well, there you go. So yeah, challenge it's, it's, accepted. Malt anything. <laughs> we'll send you random stuff to try <laughs> yeah. malting. I can't wait for you to make a lentil single malt and see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll stick with barley. That would be very unique. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. yeah. well, I'm just thinking diversification for yeah. your cropland mm-hmm. would be fun. I'll put that on the list. Okay. <laughs> Things never to do. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty years down the road. Yeah. That time that crazy woman said we should make a single malt lentil. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> mm. Your your kids will go. No, 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 no Dad, no. that's still Not a bad so idea. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming in yeah. and thank having uh, just a great time with us, uh, folks. You don't know this, but there is sample whiskey bottles here in this building. Yes, I, which, I was um, like, we haven't brought up the props yet. Yeah, nope, and we're not going to on air because <laughs> that's really something for us yeah. to really see. I mean, and then had beer on air before, but right. Mm-hmm. But the other fun part of that is because this is going to take such a long time for you to develop, you get mm-hmm. to come back and give us progress yes. updates. Absolutely, yeah, we'd love to hear that and have a tour sometime. Yeah, mm-hmm. Shannon probably more than me. I just want to come out when it's done. <laughs> Remote podcast. Yeah, exactly. Live. Yeah, yeah we've done that before. No, we actually we're did it. it. <laughs> we did a remote podcast at Jeremiah Johnson Brewing Company, like in the can storage area. Okay. It was so hot. It was so <laughs> hot. We had to drink beer just to get through the episode. And it's not like anything happened. It was pure water because you're mm. so hot. Mm-hmm. You're just sweating it all out. I'm like, this is that this is pleasant. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great time. <laughs> I know you're looking forward to something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so folks, be ready to get progress updates yes. on uh, single malt from from the ground into your belly um, as a fluid. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about this. Yes. Um, and you can find interesting partnerships throughout our breweries within the Great Falls area and beyond that are really unique. And so take the time to visit about what is actually happening with these 
breweries within our area because mm-hmm. hey, it's not same old, same old people. Yeah. And we're not making it up when we say it's some of the best in the world here. Mm -hmm. True story. So thanks, Ryan. And until we see you listeners, happy, healthy. Hand (laughs) full of mugs of beer. (laughs) Until we see you full of mugs of beer and your happy faces here in Great Falls, we hope you're creating amazing memories with your friends and family wherever you might be. See you soon. We are no damn experts as the recorded claims from Great Falls, Montana covering what you need to know about this amazing damn town.